The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Sony Open. Lots of drama all day long. Mark Immelman is here. Mark, good to see you. How's it, boys? Good to see you. Um, I was I, I, last week was a uh, was a treat getting done at eight thirty. I wasn't expecting the ten thirty on the air, but it's good to see you guys. Smiling faces this evening. Full field, Mark. We got to get everybody in. Every last drop of sunlight we've got to use. Greg Ducharme is here. Gregor, say, bud. What's going on, boys? And, you know, to the to the every last drop of sunlight. Play was suspended last night. They didn't even quite finish because of darkness. So, yeah, the full field event makes a a big difference. And you're right, Rick. There was a lot of drama uh, on a on a cut sweat Friday. Yeah, well, well, very sweaty for some. We will uh, we'll talk about that, but really no drama, Mark, from Chris Kirk. 64, 65, 11 under, and will enter the weekend as your solo leader. Got hot out of the gate. Birdies on one, two, and three. He added three more on his second nine, and uh, Chris Kirk back at it again. Yeah, I was uh, made an appearance on HQ earlier this morning, and they said to me, "So Chris Kirk, you know, he hadn't played in a while, and we know he's one year before." And then they were interested in the story about how he finished. I think it was third year to secure the card a few seasons back. But I was like, you know, I, I believe in him around there for a few reasons, and the one is obviously course history, and then the second one is this whole this, this golf course largely turns from right to left. There's one or two left to right holes, but not very many. I mean, if you can draw the thing, especially coming in there on holes like, um, I think a 14, 15, 16, then 18, all turn from right to left. And uh, there's never really much trouble down the left-hand side if you do miss it. So that is comfy for him. And and then playing, you know, growing up in Atlanta, now living in Athens, Georgia, has lived in Sea Island for a while, um, just used to Bermuda grass. And I started to notice this evening, which makes this course fun, um, 
you know, you have just enough Bermuda, that sort of two-inch range where it makes it like a guest job. And then with greens just firm enough where the ball's hitting and releasing, you have to be pretty precise with with being able to read lies and then hit the right club. And, and every time he was in the rough, he judged it perfectly. And when he was in the fairway, he was able to take advantage some. So uh, color me not very surprised, to be honest with you. Yeah, one bogey on Thursday, one bogey on Friday. Greg, the story of Chris Kirk is fairly well documented. Documented at this point, he was even asked about it again uh, after his round today. It's been a battle of uh, sobriety and depression that he's worked really hard to overcome. We know it came down to this event a couple of years ago to kind of keep that tour card. So it would be it would be a very cool. Um, kind of close the loop story if he was able to pull this off over the next 36. Yeah. And he hasn't won on the PGA tour since uh, 2015. Um, So it's been a a long while for him, but it would be a great comeback story. And, you know, sometimes overcoming a challenge like that can be um, a superpower in a way once you've done it. And I know that those kind of things are continuous battles, but, um, but when you, when you know, you can get past something like that, uh, but you know, maybe a little bit of pressure on Sunday doesn't feel so hard. It feels like something you can overcome as well. Um, and then of course, when you're swinging the way he is, it makes it a lot easier when the holes go the direction that you'd like to move the ball, as Mark alluded to, that's another big advantage. And I think that's why so far we've seen him hit uh, 16 greens in both rounds. We see him leading the field in proximity to the hole. He's fourth in strokes gain approach the green. And that kind of stands out on, on this leaderboard. Uh, a lot of, a lot of times on the PGA tour, you look through the top guys on the leaderboard and they're leading in the approach play category. But this week, especially yesterday, it was a lot of guys who had great putting days yesterday. Uh, and, and Chris Kirk, while he putted really well yesterday, Uh, has kind of been the best ball striker of anybody near the top of the leaderboard. Uh, That last Chris Kirk victory was May of 2015 Crown Plaza Invitational. That was at Colonial. So it's been coming up on eight years since then. Just finished up his round, Mark. J.J. Spawn, we were keeping a close eye on him. We were waiting to pull the trigger on the first cut. We're saying, okay, when when J.J. gets in, because he's probably going to be the first round leader. And then he sprays one off the tee at nine. Uh, into the water, ends up making bogey there, but it was still a six under 64 with only that one blemish late. Yeah, uh, first bogey of the week, uh, I'm led to believe. And, and just to put a quick bow on the, the Chris Kirk thing, that win at Colonial, that's a similar style golf course. Bermuda grass everywhere, narrow, got to sort of drive the thing in the fairway. Colonial turns right a little bit more than this place, but there's similar venues. So it sort of shows where Chris Kirk is comfortable. And, and to that, uh, more of the same for J.J. Spawn. I mean, to me, ever since he figured out what was wrong with the health and he lost a bit of weight and started working on his game, he started to look really good like a season and a half ago and popped up onto a leaderboard, then would disappear, and then eventually pulls one off there. I think it was in Texas. And... Um, Maybe that went to his head just a little bit, but he disappeared for a while. And and the last few weeks, he looked great last week. Just swing looks timed and, and well-balanced, and he's hitting the ball flush, uh, especially last week in the wind, which is a measure of ball-striking quality to me. And then and this week, everything just looks poised, and he doesn't look like he's too flustered with decision-making, and the ball-striking is there. And, and more importantly, around this place, he's rolling in those 10, 15-foot putts 
Um, so I, I think he's a stare. I don't think he's going to go away at all. And, and and the blemish on that last hole was costly because those two par fives you want to try and take advantage of. But, you know, that sometimes happens late in the day, like Friday afternoon. You're out there. There's not very many people. Kind of the, the, the vibe of the tournament, I wouldn't say it's gone, but I would say a whole bunch of fans are probably out in Waikiki. Key, uh, Waikiki drinking Mai Tais and you stuck there on the golf course. So sometimes that sort of thing happens and you feel a bit conspicuous out there. So it's for- forgivable. I think he'll forget it pretty quick because he knows he's playing well. And yeah. he was also on the other side of the golf course. Yeah, true. I think that adds to it. Yeah. He is playing well, Craig. I mean, pretty much, uh, I don't know if this is under the radar anymore at this point. He hasn't missed a cut since Wyndham. He's got a T15 at Shriners, the three events leading into this one, T15 at Mayakoba, T15 at the RSM Classic, obviously the T5 last week at the Tournament of Champions, and he's one shot off the pace heading into the weekend. JJ Spawn feeling himself right now. Yeah, and, and he's been playing pretty well all the way across the board, which is, uh, which is a nice thing. I mean, South Carolina wasn't necessarily a great event for him but other than that uh, every other event has been really solid uh, and that's exactly what you're seeing so far from him uh, uh, from him this week it's been um, some some really good uh, Mark, Mark alluded to him hitting the ball really flush he's ninth right now in strokes gain approach the green for the week uh, he's making a lot of putts uh, you hear Paul Azinger talking about last week and this how this is one of his favorite putting strokes out on the PGA Tour so things look um you know, they, they're kind of matching the shirt he's wearing right now. Things look kind of easy. It kind of looks laid back, <laughs> you know, and, and I think it's so funny because we're watching uh, some of the players struggling on the broadcast and, and you hear them talking about how, uh, how hard they're working. And it's funny, the guys near the top of the leaderboard who are playing so well, it doesn't look like hard work. Uh, the guys that are struggling, it looks like really hard work. <laughs> and uh, JJ Spawn, it, it does. I know, I know he is, he really is working hard out there, but uh, it, it probably feels pretty easy for him. It's funny you say that because I sort of got that feeling too, Greg, as I was watching. And then I, I kept on sort of coming back to watching the balls react when they hit the greens. And they, the, the surfaces this week are beautiful. Ordinarily, they're a little bit slower over there, and but they're pretty flat. And I saw a lot of balls, even out of the fairway, where the first l- – bounce on the green was kind of tennis ball and the ball would pop up a little bit and then sometimes release and then sometimes settle down and, and so I think from that point of view if you're playing pretty well it doesn't phase you if one stands up and stalls and, and you're expecting it to do more but if you're sort of struggling a little bit and then you get that ball that bounces and then releases and and runs on beyond the hole that can climb under your skin a little bit so you know your point is so well founded because I saw guys hitting balls that they're looking at it and you can see the eyes up and down and stuff and the thing hits and stalls on the green and then the next one doesn't and that stuff starts to get the blood percolating a little bit you know yeah yeah because you're hitting shots and yeah. you hit one offline into a bunker and then you finally hit one at the flag and you get a terrible break and it's really frustrating so but when when they're all kind of coming off at the flag it's a lot easier to handle one when it doesn't do what you expect yeah. on the green now, if he goes t5 and victory in hawaii i think he's gonna have to wear the untucked hawaiian shirt every single week of the year and see how long he can keep this going for. Uh, Yes, certainly I would. Greg, I'm going to bounce this next one back to you. We've got one more guy, double digits under par. It's Taylor Montgomery, who is not only our front runner for rookie of the year, according to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook, he is the favorite to win the Sony Open, which will be his first victory on the PGA Tour. But he is also your one and done selection. 
Oh, yeah, which probably means it's not Sia's. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> sorry, Sia. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Sia came in uh, here to give you props, and you just just <laughs> smacked him in the face. <laughs> well, if he didn't do that, I wouldn't have been reminded of him. But uh, I really liked I, I really liked Taylor Montgomery. We talked about him on Monday, Rick, as a as a great DFS play as well, uh, and and his finishing positions have been well documented in the ten most recent starts that he's had. On, on the PGA Tour. So he's been playing really well. And what I like that he's doing this week, and the reason why he kind of goes against the typical model right now at the halfway point is this is what he does, right? He he typically drives it all right and puts it well. And his iron play is so-so. But if you kind of go through his round, um, from a strokes game perspective, he's not an elite iron player. But you go through his round, and he's he's not really out of position. So I, I think his iron play is a little bit better than the numbers say. And it, uh, it looks like it's really controlled. Uh, he's playing some really smart shots. He's playing to wide sides when he has to. He's aggressive and taking advantage of short wedge shots that he has into greens. And then he's a fantastic putter. He's a beautiful putter to watch. And when he gets inside that 15 foot circle, uh, it looks pretty good. And, and you put him on greens like this, where there's not a lot of movement. Um, a, a guy like this can really start to fill it up. Yeah. The putting numbers since he kind of came on tour this season have been bonkers. And they are again this week. He leads the field in strokes gain putting. Mark, the, uh, the idea of him getting off to a hot start, you know, doing a lot of work in the fall and then trying to continue that momentum here into 2023. So far, so good through two rounds. How seriously do we need to be taking Taylor Montgomery this year? I was watching your guys show um, from last night this morning when I was in the office a little bit, and I heard the conversation. I heard a lot of speech chatter, obviously, too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> you got to take him seriously. Um, I've never watched him play, so I cannot speak with authority. And you know me, I'm, 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 I'm less inclined to just go with data, and I, I need to just see a little bit too, but but everything I hear and all the reports I've gotten from everyone, he's legit. And to me, you know, with all the results he's having, and I seem to recall you making some observation where he's played maybe seven events and had like eight, uh, six top fifteens or something That's like right. that. Yeah, you know, that is a world for one's confidence. And and every broadcast we go into, we always get shuttling broadcast notes for the week, right? And obviously with the tour, they're trying to get the FedEx Cup promoted. And they always have a thing, well, so many winners from the fall advanced to Eastlake for the tour championship. And, and so many guys after finishing in the Comcast top 10 after the fall were guaranteed to make it to the, at least the BMW and stuff like that. So, so, so yeah, right now it's all boating very well. And clearly he's playing with a whole bunch of confidence and clearly he's a guy for all seasons because he's done well at a lot of different golf courses because like uh, some of the fall events that he played in you got Vegas and places like that where it's kind of dry and stuff but yeah you got Bermuda and it's a fiddly little golf course and and he's doing just fine through two rounds so uh, apparently there's a whole lot going on and and I for one cannot wait to really see him play and see what he's got yeah, uh, Vegas Vegas guy as well. His dad's the GM over at Shadow Creek. So having access to those facilities mm. whenever you want certainly uh, certainly helps as well. We spent a lot of oxygen last night, Greg, on Jordan Spieth. I'm scrolling. Not surprising. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. 
still scrolling. I am now through the cut line because Jordan Spieth followed up his opening round 64 and share of the first round lead with a Friday 75 to miss the cut. The lowlights were the four straight bogeys from eight through 11, another on 15, and an opportunity to make it all right by birdieing 18 to get in on the number, which he failed to do thanks to an 11-foot putt that he missed on the low side. So an absolute disaster day for Jordan, and he will not be around for the weekend. No, um, it's hard to imagine, especially after his comments after his round yesterday. Uh, And this is, you know, when you listen to what he said yesterday and you watch what happened today, it is just so golf. This is this is exactly what the game of golf is. And all of us watching and listening who have played the game of golf, you know that this is what happens. One day you feel like you're on top of the world and the next it can uh, the rug can get ripped out from under your feet right away in an instant. And, And I know that Jordan has put so much work in and there's a lot more weight behind what he says than the weekend warrior who uh, plays well on Saturday and expects it to happen again the next Saturday. So, uh, you know, that's not really the um, it, it's a it's a different ball game here, but it, it just shows how quickly you can get a little bit off. You get a little bit fast in your mind. Uh, you start to you, you start thinking again instead of just playing freely which is what he did yesterday. And he said yesterday he went to, you know, full on trust mode. And um, it was very clear to me that he wasn't able to do that today. Uh, And it it wasn't just the putting. It was, it was everything. The driver was uh, a little shaky. He didn't look quite as balanced and and trusting on the way through in his golf swing. Um, And, and he wasn't able to hit some very basic pitch shots close to the hole, the way Jordan normally does. And then on the greens, it was very disappointing as well. Um, You know, he only made 50 feet of putts today and yesterday he made, you know, almost 95. So it was, it was very disappointing to see, but you could see it get, uh, you could see things get really fast for him. I was quickly just trying to run through the other instances of guy who was first round leader, then misses the cut. I think I've got 18 of them counting Jordan Spieth back to 1993 last happened in 2020. That was Matt Everett, the Arnold Palmer invitational before that it was 2018 Vaughn Taylor at the Northern trust. So this is not something that happens particularly often, Mark. Um, This is the full Jordan Spieth experience, right? To go 64, 75. I'm related to a guy who uh, had the lead. In I wasn't going to say it. It's on here. Yeah. 2003 API, Trevor Immelman, first round leader, Miss Cuss. Uh, 68, 80. It was cold. It was blustery. And the course was like firm as ice. Uh, yeah. Um, that's He shaved his head after that round. He came into the house. He and Adam Scott and Sergio and Justin Rose, they had this bet where if you shot 80, you had to shave your head. He walked into the house, into the room, hair off, and he came out pissed anyway but, but back to jordan um you know mama said there were going to be days like these and there are certain days i don't care who you are you just get out there and the club doesn't feel right in your hands and you just don't feel like you can get it back onto the golf ball and stuff like that and then all of a sudden you get to the situation where it's mentally hard where when you got the flow going on like you did in round one you're seeing, you're getting numbers, you're seeing targets, and you're playing um, 
sort of extracurricular golf in that you're about the target and you're about everything and you're reacting to the environment. But then when you're out there and you don't have the best of warm-ups and then all of a sudden you get all internal and you're like, man, my, I just I don't feel right. The club's stuck. Now what my swing, I'm supposed to be doing this. And all of a sudden you go from this, I was just lining up targets, swinging and hitting them there and making you seeing lines and hitting putts along the line to like, it doesn't feel right. And what am I doing? And, and, and the entire focus changed and, and it almost looked that way. And strangely enough, I mean, I watched his first two swings down the first hole of the day. He smashes one down the first, like 330 or something. And hits a decent approach shot in there. I'm like, oh, here we go. And down two, he looked pretty solid. But then you get to holes there. Three is a tough par three. Um, four, uh, four is, I should say, three is tight-ish, but four is a tough par three. Five, you feel a bit hemmed in without a bounce down the right. Then six and eight are just tee shots that are like this way. They they are single file, nine even to the same extent as like that. And then t- uh, the backside, you're getting these holes that are turning all of the time. And if you're unsure where the club is, uh, swing-wise, you're going to really struggle. And then you get in that grind mode where you've got like five feet to save and five feet to save. And all of a sudden, you just feel like you're facing this stuff on every hole. But what was telling to me, for a guy who said he had been looking for more swing freedom, um, 11, that par three, always plays into a hurting breeze a little bit. It's kind of awkward. And it's a long green with a flag all the way in the back left today. And you were never going to hit it close there. You just want to avoid the bunker and the penalty area behind the green on the right. And he stood this four iron up into the breeze badly. I mean, he was way out in front of the thing. And it was one of those where you hit it and he was walking already because he was just so in far in front of it. And that sort of galvanized what I was thinking when I watched him where it was like, this guy just, he just doesn't have it today. And that happens. I mean, and that's where the really good ones whose confidence is up, they can get by those days. Sadly for Jordan, you know, just one too many 10-footers left for par that he didn't convert because, you know, one of those goes down. Then he's on the weekend. Another couple of rounds, maybe he plays into some form. But now it's a week off. He probably doesn't play next week. Then the next go around is Torrey Pines, which is going to beat you around the gills if you don't bring some ball striking stuff. So I'm keen to see how the whole thing sort of goes from here. Uh, lost nearly six strokes to the field on Friday. And as Mark uh, alludes to, it's probably not until Torrey Pines until we get eyes on uh, Jordan Spieth again. So we'll, we'll see. Who the heck knows with this guy? I certainly do not. Um, I want to pull up the odds board from Caesars. But uh, first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything 
works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for for our listeners. Uh, First-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. Okay, gents, I'll pull up my screen here in just a second, but I mentioned it earlier. Taylor Montgomery is your favorite, according to our friends over at Caesars. Uh, Four to one, plus 400, with Chris Kirk right behind at plus 450. JJ Spawn, here we go, if you can see that. JJ Spawn, plus 550. Those are the three guys uh, in single digits. Then, Greg, we get to a guy that... um, I'll be very happy if he wins. Hayden Buckley's 12 to 1 and a couple other guys with a little bit of chasers freedom headed into the weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think this tournament is pretty wide open. Um, I think there's a little value at the top with Chris Kirk over Taylor Montgomery. As much as I love Taylor Montgomery, um, you know, from the better's perspective here, sticking to the model, uh, a guy that is hitting the ball the way Chris Kirk is on a golf course that fits his game the way uh, this one does. I really like where Chris Kirk sits right now. Um, and and I, I think he should be favored over Montgomery as much as I like Montgomery. Um, but then after that, I really, I, I start to look down the board and there's a couple of, so I think some really good plays. I mean, Cam Davis is down there at, uh, you know, plus 125. 125 to one. 125 to one. I mean, did you see what he what he's done so far? He hasn't made a lick. And he's sitting at seven back. I know that's quite a ways. Um, but we saw seven shots get erased in 17 holes just last week. But I mean, Cam Davis, a lot of us really liked him heading into the week. He's sixth off the tee, seventh approaching the green and 127th in strokes game putting. Now that's not very good putting, but Cam Davis in the past has really gotten hot with the putter at times. So there's a there's a very good potential for a turnaround from him, and I I could see him doing what Hideki did last year, going out and shooting a couple of 63s or something like that. And then uh, two other guys I like I didn't find their names on here, but uh, Kevin Yu, who we liked heading no, into he's the probably week, probably really far down, yeah, yeah, and uh, and Carl Yuan, who had a crazy round today. Uh, he shot, he's at five under. Let, let me find his score. His scorecard 
Kevin Yu had a nice scorecard, and he's driving the ball really well. So that's 70, why I to, like him. 70 to 1, Kevin Yu. But uh, it's Carl Yuan that we got to we gotta look at this scorecard. He was at, oh, he's at five under. Here it is. All right. He, he shot 65 today with two doubles and a bogey. He also made an eagle at nine. Uh, he made so on on the front nine. He made a double, a bogey, and three birdies and an eagle. Uh, and on the back nine, he made five birdies and a double. It, I mean, it, it's just it was a crazy round of golf, but a, a, a great sixty-five, which he kind of needed to make the cut. But he, he led the field in strokes gain approach today. He's been a great ball striker. Um, in his start on the PGA Tour. And I, I really like this young player. So I'm not sure if he's a, a guy that could win, but he definitely caught my eye with that scorecard today. Made birdie or better on half the holes he played on Friday. Yeah. Uh, 250 to one right now over at Caesars. Okay, Mark, when you start looking through the list of names, and um, I will point out, you know, we didn't even mention it. Tom Kim, he missed the cut. Obviously, Jordan Spieth, he's gone. Sung JM, he's gone. So of like the guys who started the week as favorites, only Hideki Matsuyama got through. Uh, he's not much in the mix right now, but we kind of saw him take over late last year as well. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm going to stick with what I said when at the top of the show when I was like, I, I don't think Chris Kirk is going away, and I think if you stay in front of Chris, you're probably winning. Um, he's just got that mindset. The game, the, the the game looks like it. There, these rhythm is impeccable right now. It always is, but it just looks sharper. Where where there's there's a parity throughout the bag. Uh, the pitching stroke, the putting stroke, the golf swing, they've all got the same cadence going on, and he looks like he's just got stuff. You know, organized mentally as well. So, I like Kirk, but 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 there, there was a name over there that you guys. I was surprised you kind of glossed over because he looked fantastic. What I saw of him this afternoon, and that's Maverick McNeely. Mm. Um, now, I, looking down the board, yeah, there's some good value and stuff, but McNeely has come into his own as as a player on the tour, and and I'll be honest, I considered him some this week, but there's an event just up the road there in Northern California in a couple of weeks' time, and he's good on. Poania grass. And so uh, I'm, I'm saving him for there, perhaps. But McNeely, he's driving the ball well. He's putting great. And and he's playing with a whole lot of confidence. And, and, and that's testament to the player that he is, I think. But it's also testament to Butch Harmon. And Butch doesn't teach many golfers on the tour anymore. He doesn't travel. But Maverick is one of them. And, and, and when you work with a guy who's worked with Tiger Woods and Greg Norman and Dustin Johnson and basically all of them, Phil Mickelson, and Butch works with you and he tells you, yeah, I'm working with you because I believe in you and you're good enough, uh, that goes a long way. And you can see it showing up now. So he looks timed and he looks good. And, and, and I expect to see McNeely accelerate a little bit over the weekend. Just one thing. Um, it appears, I, I don't know what the, uh, the numbers show. You can help me there. But it appears to me that the morning wave of players typically has a little bit of an advantage. Golf course, a little bit more receptive, some moisture in the greens and stuff. So I'm seeing someone perhaps tomorrow morning because the forecast isn't changing much. I expect someone to get out there and do 63 or four or something and perhaps thrust themselves into the mix because largely over here you don't find the leaders getting too far away because they get a firmer golf course and it gets a little tricky and burned out in spots so uh, i'd like to i'd like to have a say so tomorrow evening but right now i've got my own maverick thursday morning wave about a half a shot easier friday morning wave 
about a full shot easier. Right, so yeah, that's definitely. I, I, I thought I saw that. Definitely cooking there to put a ball on McNeely. He's four back. He's twenty-two to one. Made birdie on each of his last two holes. Greg, I need to hit. If I bet Mad McNeely right now at twenty-two to one, and he won. I would not even be close to even on Maverick McNeely bets in my life because I've been <laughs> this guy every single every single week. Yeah, I, you love I, need, I, I need this one now. I need Pebble Beach in a couple of weeks. I need I'm in such a McNeely hole. I don't see myself ever getting out of it. Yeah, you're either you either gotta just accept the loss and take the L or uh just keep on hammering it and, and hope you get some better odds one day. Cause but he he's not really helping you with the odds because he is trending in the right direction. Last year I opened up our one and done league with him at the Fortinet. And if it wasn't for uh who was it that went crazy and beat him? Max Homo or someone? Maverick. No, yeah. two years yeah, no, two not last year, the year before I'm getting oh. confused. And uh he finished runner up. Uh, McNeely on Poanya Greens in Northern California. It's a vibe. So um I'm I've got my eye on him. Maybe even for uh Riviera. You know, he's he's a California boy who gets it around there. Uh, could you come up with the answer, Greg? I know you were. I know you were thinking about it. No, it's kind of a trick question. It was Max Homa. He went back. Ah, <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I saw you look into the heavens trying to remember who won in twenty twenty one in that. My first thought was, yeah, we won back to back, and then I completely abandoned my own thought. I yeah, it's like trivia all over again. Isn't yeah. it crazy how that course spits out those sorts of results? Because Brendan Steele had two in a row, and it's largely California guys. You you go there to Northern California and these golf courses that turn and stuff, and some Kikuyu in the fairways and some Pioneer on the greens. McNeely, a couple of weeks' time. Yep. Making up. Write it down. Make a note. Don't forget. All right. Uh, we'll be back Saturday night after the conclusion of round three to discuss moving day in Honolulu. And then obviously back on Sunday to recap and put a bow on everything. Producer Troy does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman available at Mark underscore Immelman. That's Greg Ducharme. You can find him at the real GFD and you can find me at Rick run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger And don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.